At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. How to dream, cowboys. Welcome back to the Westworld Podcast. Today we're recapping episode two of season two, Reunion, directed by Vincenzo Natale and written by Carly Ray and Jonathan Nolan. I'm James. And I'm Ryan. And this is the Westworld Podcast. Vincenzo Natale is back directing an episode for season two he directed dissidence theory which is episode four of last season which was a pretty good episode it was he also directed this year a episode of the lost in space theory series that is on netflix right now which i'm currently watching and is pretty good and he's also the director for the new tremors movie that they're gonna make huh i i haven't thought about tremors in more than 10 years i think about tremors every single day of my life so this was a pretty contained episode it only really focused on old man william the man in black young man william and dolores basically with a little bit of logan thrown in there for good measure and for how contained it was they still figured out a way to go you know we have three timelines going (laughs) why don't we up it to five yeah, but I liked the way that the flashbacks kind of had their own narrative through line and sort of told their own story. And I I, I thought there was nowhere else to go with William and Logan. I was wrong. Yeah, yeah. The William and Logan storyline is, especially the one 30 years ago, now that they have introduced James Delos and now that they've shown us that, that all these robots are or have been out in the world before, and it's all the stuff that Dolores can remember, which is why she's doing so well on her quest, because she has insider information from 30 to 25 years ago. The, The world is expanding, and William and Logan, well, William and Logan's fight slash Logan's downfall is the reason for said expansion, and we're gonna get to see all of it. That's exciting. Before we get into the flashbacks, I want to talk about the shortest storyline of this episode, the Man in Black storyline. But I Which think was, the best eh, one. Okay. Oh no. We ooh, we <laughs> we disagreed and agreed simultaneously. I love the Man in Black storyline. It's my favorite one this season, hands down. Lars is back, and the moment he was back, I was like, Oh, I'm gonna like this one. Motherfucker. <laughs> Somewhere out on the prairie, these three cowboys have strung up Lars. You know, he's always in some kind of predicament. Why is he always upside down? Yeah, he's always about to be executed. He's he's like Teddy, but with better luck. The only... He has the man in black, which is his ex machina. So they're going to execute him via, like, fire ants, I guess. That's a shitty way to die. Which, by the way, are those ants robots? Oh, right. Yeah, do they make host ants... And and the host ants 
push around like host spiders and stuff? That's a great question. Do the host ants outnumber the 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 pot? Like, is there an entire section of people who just have to make ants based on the amount of ants there should be? And when people step on the ants during the day, did the techs have to go up and scoop up the dead host ants and then fix them up individually and put them back into the park? I would now like to roleplay. <laughs> okay, uh, I, I've been working on this new storyline, uh, but somebody stepped on an anthill, so the next month of mine is just swamped. You know, I started this job uh, three years ago. I thought I would eventually move up to working on the people robots, but I'm just fixing ant antennae every damn day. Does the park need ants? No. I don't think right. so. Uh, do, are we really looking for that much authenticity? The flies we brought are real, and everyone keeps slapping them now. Dolores keeps slapping all the flies. I don't have any flies left. What, the flies are real? I, I've been working on flies all year. <laughs> Yeah, they find out that only one of the an- like one of the animals are real. They're like, "What if one animal's real? Why can't they all be real?" All right, what, what the hell are we talking about? No, okay, yeah, so yeah, right, man in black. <laughs> <laughs> the man in black rides up, kills those three cowboys without even saying hi because he's in a rush, and. Lars is, doesn't recognize him obviously because this is somewhere in the middle of his loop. One of the hosts isn't really dead. Lars throws him his gun while they're wrestling, and he's able to kill that host. And they go off together to get drunk. The man in black loves this stuff so much because that felt way more real than it has in the past. Because it is real. The actual, there are risks now to being within this park, a place where the man in black is basically being held prisoner and he has to try to get out of in one piece. And what is going against him is perhaps fate, but more so than fate, it's just, you know, Robert Ford being a dick. They head over to some saloon. The man in black retrieves something from a hidden compartment in the saloon. Was it like a med kit? Yeah, like he knows where all the hidden med kits are. He's totally, he's like cheating 100% in the game now. He actually says, you know, if Ford's changing the rules, I'm ready to cheat. He can suck it. He and Lars sit down. They have a good talk. He basically tells him the deal. Like, hey, this is Westworld. You're a robot. Now there's a robot revolution, but I can set you free if you work with me. He, he he's going so quick now. He's like, listen, uh, I would take multiple episodes to tell you this if it was last season, but it's this season and we have something really important to do slash we're on a mission and you're very helpful. I'm just going to give it all to you right now. You're a robot. That sucks. Can we, is I fine? Is this fine for you? Can we, can, are you helping me now? He does bring it up in kind of a flowery way though. He says that Westworld is a place where people can sin free from the eyes of God. And he tells Lars that he's going to find the gates of heaven and kill God. And he thinks he can find it uh, about three miles that away. Okay, but the, all of that is inferring like he's talking about God like it's not him. And he, he like, that's his, he has this weird God complex where, like, half of it is, yeah, there is that real God that I'm kind of always fighting and always pushing back. But at the same time, in this world, I sort of am God. Isn't that weird? Lars warns him that the direction he wants to go to is Confederado territory, and it'd probably be safer if they head through everyone's favorite town, Pariah. Oh, thank God. I I really wanted to see Pariah again. I, I was hoping we would because it was a set that was absolutely beautiful. 
but it was different this time around. Even more death. <laughs> when they reach Pariah, the entire town has been destroyed by some battle. We're not sure at first who by, uh, but they get surrounded by a gang, and the gang is led by Elazo. New which Elazo. Which is funny, because, right, he's walking in there with Lars, and Lars is like, who's Elazo? Hashtag not well, that my, was you. Not my Elazo. <laughs> not mine. But apparently you weren't cool enough, so they, sh- they, they shot you down to Lars, Lawrence, and now there's an even cooler old man, El Lazo. Uh, it's actually an, it's actually a cooler one. It's Gustavo Frings from Breaking Bad. They actually brought G- Giancarlo Esposito from Breaking Bad, one of the the best evil dudes of any TV series of all time, in my opinion. They brought him in for a cameo role, and I was like, oh my god, he's going to be... Oh no, because of what happens after this. <laughs> As the man in black explains it, El Lazo's storyline has always been to, like, take over and destroy Pariah, but he never reaches the end of it because that's, you know, his loop uh, resolves itself before that. But this time he actually followed through with all of it, and it hasn't brought him any happiness, and he's not really satisfied. So the man in black tries to tempt him. He's like, well, I can help you conquer even more of this world if you join me. I will never be satisfied. Do, Do you listen to Hamilton? Is that does that yeah, yeah, reference yeah, yeah. make sense to you? Sick. I've, also, I've I've quoted Hamilton several times on the podcast, but you never you never seem to notice. Well, to be fair, it's almost always seven a.m. for me, and I <laughs> and I'm very sleepy. <laughs> Elazo turns him down, and so the man in black grabs him and tries to force him to do it at gunpoint. But instead of complying, basically Elazo and all his men just commit suicide. They just point their guns at their head and kill themselves. And the man in black's super pissed off because he realizes, oh, this is just Robert Ford fucking with me. Seriously, like a ghost from the grave. He thought he killed him last time. He thought he he thought he killed little Robert and that was the end of him. But nope, Robert is still here and still playing around with with William's emotions as all of those people killed themselves in a circle with a crane shot above them that was wonderful they all fall to the ground and the man in black is like great so I'm not getting any help awesome this is the best fuck you Robert which is honestly my favorite line from the whole show and as he's saying that he just keeps shooting El Lazo over and over again just emptying a clip into him like fuck you Robert you are a dick. <laughs> so this brings us to the next plot line, the series of flashbacks that occur throughout the episode, but they have a really clear narrative through line, and it fills in a lot of the gaps of information that we didn't have during season one. And it fills in a lot of the gaps from what we just watched with the Man in Black storyline. Right at the end of it, they say that they're going to a place that was the greatest secret and Man in Black's greatest mistake. And it's inferred that the same place they're going is where Dolores is going. This is all one thing. Arnold and Dolores are having a conversation somewhere in a city in quote unquote the real world. And I was looking around because it was like, I was trying to figure out, like, is this world super messed up? Is it messed up yet? It doesn't look that messed up. It looks like a normal city. CGI young Anthony Hopkins is trying to press Arnold for time, but Arnold says that Dolores isn't ready and they've got to use a different host. Ford is like, you know, I I used to think that this this feeling you had towards Dolores was cute. It's uh, no longer cute. 
you're going to have to let go of your little toy somehow. And he's like, listen, we'll just use the other girl who ends up being Tallulah Riley's Angela. Arnold brings Dolores to the site of his new home, which is still under construction. He explains that he wants to move his family out to this unnamed city so that they can be closer to the park and closer to him and he can spend more time with his son, Charlie. So, assumably, they're in China somewhere, based on where we found out that the island is last episode. He said, my wife says I lived in the park, uh, which is the first mention of Arnold's real wife. He's moving his family here. This is prior to Charlie dying, obviously, because he's still talking about him like he's alive. And so, that brings up the question, what happened to Arnold's wife? He also says, Charlie is excited to meet Dolores. And Arnold uses his glasses to think in this scene once and or twice. Yeah, it's some big, maybe Chinese metropolis, maybe Beijing or Shanghai or Hong Kong, some, something like that. Maybe Singapore even, outside of China. At the end of them talking, Dolores says one of her improv lines again, right from the beginning of the episode when she was looking out on all the buildings. She said, it looks like the stars have been scattered around the ground. And then at the end of inside Bernard, not Bernard, (laughs) Arnold's house, she says it again, which it was a really, really great conversation they were having. And then when she improvs the same line twice, Arnold is so, so, so disappointed. Right. He's like, oh, okay, well, let's just go back to the hotel. But he promises to bring her back to the city one day, a promise, assumably, that he does not keep since she's about to kill him. (laughs) And he's about to have her kill him. In the second flashback... William and Logan are having a nice time at a nightclub, but William's feeling jet-lagged, so he goes to bed. He's that guy when you're on vacation. But how important, if he hadn't gone to bed, James, he would have been there for the product demonstration. He would have met all, like, he would have met, oh my god, if he didn't go to bed. Logan gets approached, gets addressed as Mr. Delos, so now we know he's Logan Delos. By two representatives of a tech startup with a business opportunity to invest in their crazy new technology. The two people who come up to him are Tulula Riley's Angela and the new character. Oh boy, I heard him say the name and I thought to myself, you should learn how to say that. A, a catchy, it's A K E C H E T A. What's your best guess? A Kachita? A Kachetta? Something like that? Zahn McLaren. I don't know why you're coming to me for name pronunciations. A kitchta. <laughs> yeah, let's go with that one. They bring him back to the hotel for a private demonstration, and at first he's pretty annoyed because the hotel's full of people, and he thought this was going to be private. And then they tell him it's a challenge. Some people in this party are hosts, and it's up to you to figure out which ones it is. And then he says, that is delicious. Someone calls him Mr. Delos in this scene. So you're like, okay, okay. His name is Logan Delos. We always thought that, but now it's real. The two, what we would find out to be our hosts, uh, call this the Argos Initiative, which is just, it feels like a name they call a movie so that people don't know that it's being shot. He says that his father wouldn't know the future if it slapped him on the ass. And he walks into this party and the piano is being played by hashtag Clementine Pity for the best name. So he's going through the party, and he decides, like, this is dumb. All these people are so obviously boring humans. And then he catches on to Angela. He's like, oh, she must be the host. 
oh, I should have known because you're so perfect. And then she kind of giggles like, ha ha ha, I'm not really a host. And everyone else freezes. And that's when he's really amazed. He's like, wow, I, I didn't know technology had reached this point yet. But, but she was a host, dude. But also, uh, maybe their hands should have been worse. You know what I mean? Because this is 30 years ago, and the host, those 30 years ago, the hands were bad. That's how people knew that they were hosts. They looked like... Yeah, rookie mistake, Logan. Right. You didn't shake anyone's hand. Yeah, you, you should have looked at their thumb and seen if they were a robot, you idiot. And the next day, she wakes up and is getting dressed, and there seems to have been a giant robot orgy starring Logan, and Dolores is kind of sheepishly watching from the other room. Right, because Dolores would have been the person doing the orgy if it if it wasn't for Arnold pulling her out at the last second. Also, Logan, it seems like, was the first person that the DNA was probably taken from when they took it away from Tallulah Riley's Angela's character. So if they're really doing that steal DNA, steal all the things from all the people who ever come to Westworld thing, Logan was probably the first one. In the third flashback, Dolores and Teddy are about to start their dropping the can of milk loop. When everything freezes, and William and Logan's father, James Delos, arrive in their helicopter to check everything out. Is James Delos Scottish? What what accent did he have? Yeah, I also thought he was Scottish. But I think if you're Westworld Ryan, then I should be James Delos. Oh my gosh. James. Yes. So, but but Mr. Delos in the show, not me, he's not interested in making such a long-term investment. He's basically, well, I'm, I'm going to be dead soon. What do I care what happens to this park in 30 years? He mentions multiple times he's going to be dead soon, by the way. And that's when William is like, oh, but there's also this secondary reason to have this. You know, important people are going to come here and we can learn a lot about them. And that's when Mr. Delos gets really interested. Well, first off, yeah, because William talks to him in a way that he says, he says, no one talks to me like that, which mirrors a line from William or the man in black back in the first season when he says that to Lars, where he's like, nobody talks to me like that anymore. It's like the same exact line. And this proves that all of the stuff that has gone wrong in this park and and the big plans that are happening and whatever the secret Delos is having is 100% William's idea. In the next flashback, William and his family are celebrating his father-in-law now, James Delos' retirement, when he spots Dolores at the party playing the piano, which seems to upset William, but Dolores doesn't give any hint of recognizing him. By the way, in the last scene, did you notice Armistice as the sheriff? Yeah, that's funny. They just keep shuffling them all over the park. Right. Doesn't anybody do their job well enough to stay there? No. Other than Dolores? Not really. (laughs) And then you're talking about the the scene, probably about another timeline introduced, probably about 25 years later. James Delos says something to the effect of like, you know, this doesn't feel like a retirement party for me. It feels like more of a coronation for you, which is, is kind of indicative of how powerful William has made himself over the last five years. In this scene, we also get introduced for the first time to the actress who actually plays the man in black's wife fun fact they just picked like a getty image like a random image of a woman in new york to show in that first uh she she didn't even know she was in westworld and then when they had to bring her back for season two they just hired the actress who was in the getty image 
Plus, hey, uh, can you smile right. and pick up a child in this scene? That's all we need you to do. Which we also see William's uh, daughter for the first time. So we and we know the fate of these two women. The the w- mother would eventually kill herself for how awful J- uh, William has become years later, and the daughter isn't talking to William anymore because he's a dick. That night, Dolores is walking through the garden. She goes to adv- admire the view of the city. It looks like to be the same city. And she says that same lo- same line, it looks like the stars have been laid out on the ground. Have you ever seen such splendor? Yeah, the line that made Arnold really sad the first time she said it. And she comes across a very strung out Logan who is like just then shooting up. Right. He's doing he's doing heroines, it looks like. I I don't I'm I'm I don't know all the drugs, but it looks like he was doing the heroines. He's the strung out brother now. And Logan talks to her, he's like, Oh, actually I remember you. And he says that everyone back up there at the party are totally complicit in destroying mankind soon enough. Yeah, he says that they have literally lit the fire. And when he says they, I think he actually means William. William, this was his idea that William is now at the forefront of the burning down of the human race. And Logan knows it and tells Dolores, tell me your name, pretty girl. He, He was so strung out, he forgot Dolores's name. And then he was like, did did he send you down here to keep, keep me company? His sense of humor was always so Baroque. And if it ain't Baroque... Don't fix it, baby. <laughs> Around here... He, he's a, And then he... Uh, er, earlier in this episode, there was a piano... A player piano cover of Runaway by Kanye West, which, by the way, was so good. And then in this scene... Yeah, that was awesome. And then in this scene, Logan literally says, here's a toast to the assholes amazing yeah there's a lot of kanye going on in so the news a lot of, a lot of, i don't want to talk <laughs> i don't want to talk about that i let's just focus on our fictional world please see i feel really bad for logan because it really seems like you know william stole his position in the company and his life stole his future right stole his father stole his Westworld idea he's in a real bad way and it was really it was interesting to me because I became immediately sympathetic with Logan in that moment, like a person slash character that I that I don't really like. Although towards the end of the season, you become more sympathetic when he gets like you know slapped on the horse and off into the desert, which we haven't seen. We haven't seen that part from from thirty years ago. We only see the twenty five years ago part where it's obviously going poorly for him. But I immediately was rooting for Logan in a fight that I know he probably doesn't win because, you know, in the present timeline, we don't see Logan yet. And if we do see Logan, I want to know who gets cast as old Logan. Well, I think Logan is basically like the first victim of the man in black. Imagine it from his perspective. It's like, oh, I was playing a role-playing game with William and I played it too mean and so he destroyed my real life. Yeah, he's William. Like, if Robert Ford is a dick, then Ro- then William is a mega dick, and I guess heroin is my answer. In the last flashback, William brings Dolores online when it's just the two of them somewhere below the park. Super creepy. He seems real bummed out because he seems to be deciding that Dolores really is just a robot and there's nothing special about her. This whole scene, yeah, Dolores is naked the way that robots are. William is wearing all black to insinuate that he is bad now. And yeah, he like tells her his plan, which is an 
which is what evil people do in movies and how they are and like their hubris is eventually what is their downfall hey william stop telling dolores your plan yeah she might remember this later yeah well obviously because everyone keeps asking her why she is so confident she's gonna win she's like oh because everyone's told me their plan and i remember all of it now William thinks that he can mass market the emotions that he felt when he was with her in the park, but that there also might be a deeper meaning and a deeper plan that he has for Westworld, an answer to a question no one has ever asked. What do you think that question was? How how best to kill all humans. Or how best to, like save all humans or how best to create immortality maybe and then but william is on the other side we're like yeah yeah yeah, whatever immortality i'll put you in a big i'll put you in a, i'm not gonna do i'm not gonna do theories this is we're a clean we're a clean podcast till the end to the end of the podcast not the end of at the end of the podcast we talk theories <laughs> william brings dolores outside and together they stare out at this giant excavation project going on and Dolores, you know, doesn't seem impressed, just emotionless. When, okay. When Ford was doing his excavation pro- project and he met with the man in black, he should have been like, like the man in black been like, yeah, I see you're doing some work. And Robert could have been like, I learned this from you. I learned this from you. So in the Dolores storyline, that's where the real meat of this episode is happening. The board member who in last episode, Angela let him go. I guess she let him go so she could follow him to the lab because he arrives breathlessly through one of the elevators the labs and the techs are just doing their job uh repairing hosts they don't know anything about what's happening and he tries to warn them when right on his heels dolores and the rest of the wyatt gang show up yeah his they're posse they just like pop through the door like we here deal with it Dolores starts threatening and attacking them while Teddy just starts to have an existential breakdown because he's finally seeing what's really going on. Yeah, he's having a really tough time learning that he is a robot again and again and again. In this scene, they mentioned that six to eight hundred people will be coming for them. And Teddy looks at her and he's like, I don't know exactly how to do basic math. That seems like a lot. Yeah, Dolores starts waterboarding one of the techs with the 3D printer fluid, the, which really hurts him. I yeah, guess it burns him. It's like burning him. It's such such a mean thing to do. He gives her all this information that they will send a large security force to take back the island and that there's a planned rendezvous point where they're supposed to meet. He basically gives her everything. Yeah, he points to the map, point to me on this map where they will be, and he does that thing immediately. Teddy, like you said, Teddy points out that they're going to need a giant army, and Dolores is confident she can get one, and she starts by having the, t- the text revive the dead confederados that are lying about. So he, she, she's the Night King now. She's the Night King. And she also, <laughs> yeah, and she makes some telling line at the end of the scene where she says dismissively to the text, she's like, do you even know what's really hidden in the park? He's like, no, I, I only I only get paid three thirty grand a year. Also, <laughs> let me live. Yeah, stop jerking me around and just tell me what the secret weapon is, man. That night, Dolores and her posse are stalking some humans when they run into Maeve. This is the only Maeve we get all episode. Yeah, it felt like a crossover episode. Dolores tries to recruit her to take revenge on the humans. 
Maeve isn't really that interested. She says humans are all mortal and they're going to die anyway. So what's the point? We're going to live forever. Did you see Lee? Maeve is much Lee dressed yeah, up yeah. like a stable hand. This is so so that was funny. Good. Oh my I, god! I saw him for the first second. I'm like, is that the stable boy they murdered last time? Oh no! That's nope, Lee. nope. It's Lee. Uh, Teddy kind of pulls out his gun to keep the peace, unquote. And then Hector is like, try it, try it, lawman. But it doesn't seem like he's able to move against Maeve because she's got Robert Ford powers. Presumably the only person in the park left who does. Yeah, and a dope side braid. Let's not let's not forget that. So Maeve is able to pass with Hector and Lee and Dolores isn't really able to do anything about it. Do you think Dolores I, I, let him or do you think it was Maeve's powers? So I think it would have been three on one because I don't think Angela or Teddy would have been able to touch Maeve. Yeah, but I think Dolores would have. Yeah, for sure. I want to see them in an all-out battle. I want to see Maeve and Dolores in like a Neo-esque Matrix battle where they're punching each other in their faces. Dolores and her posse confront a chief officer of the Confederados who doesn't want to join her because he's like, I'm not just going to join forces with the milkmaid. We have our own army going on here. Right. And that guy is Major Craddock. He is played by Jonathan Tucker. I believe he was in Justified. We saw him previously in this episode as one of the hosts that was at the product demonstration for Logan. And he's like a he's a real star. He and he has a bunch of lines this episode. Also, this is like the last this is like the last supper. They they move they they walk in right on the last supper, it looks like. Why is nobody right. that was kind of that was a bit random. Why is nobody <laughs> sitting on the other side of the table? Like, I guess if you're going to frame a shot, why not frame it in an interesting way? It doesn't have to mean anything. The lighting that the, in this scene is also so good. He insults Dolores one too many times, though, so Teddy and everyone else shoots them all dead. And right after that, Dolores resurrects him using the tech yes. and basically says, So you serve the leader of the Confederados who serves God. Well, guess what? I'm God now. So you serve me. She said parlay before that. I was like, what is this, Pirates of the Caribbean? There will be no more parlay. And then, right, she bring, she Night Kings him back to life. He is very shook about it. He has no idea what is happening. And I, so he, he he's kind of like on her side now. But you get the feeling that he definitely, he doesn't want to be on her side at all. But, I mean, she's being pretty convincing, so. Look at Robert Ford playing favors here. He, or playing favorites here. He, he didn't make these guys all shoot themselves in the head when Dolores does it. But oh, but when the man in black does it, no, no, everyone killed themselves. That's because he hates the man in black and he has a little bit of a soft spot for Dolores. Well, he hates slash respects him and he doesn't want the man in black's last game, the one where he might die to be at all easy. Dolores, Teddy and their new, much larger posse arrive at the Confederado headquarters. They plan to enlist the leader and the rest of the army as a f- attacking force to reach the valley beyond. Dolores claims that William has already shown her the way years ago and insists that this valley beyond that everyone's trying to reach isn't actually a place, but a weapon that she will use to destroy humanity. And it is inferred that this same weapon is the one that the man in black and Lars are headed towards, the one that they want to destroy, and then the and then man in black says, quote, and then burn this whole place to the ground, unquote. Uh, he might have said the F word in there. Forgive me if he did. Anywho, they're all headed towards the same place, towards the same weapon. And in the theory section, we'll talk about what might that weapon be. That's a way I just yoded that sentence. 
So we got a bunch of tweets uh, leading up to this episode. One that came early last week. This is from Scott at Scott AMCG replying to a comment that you had made about the critics having their knives out for episode one. Scott writes, Isn't it crazy? We're one episode into what I consider to be an absolute total quality television and people seemingly have to find the negatives miserable. Yeah, but to the to that point, I... I believe I said being popular is 50% loving you and 50% hating you. You need a section of people who really hate the show for the show to be truly popular. That's just how attention works. Also, I liked the second episode more than the first. James and I disagree on that. I, but mostly it was my reasoning was because Dolores's story and Dolores's lines in this episode felt way less megalomania because it was obviously like it, it was it was again back in her come up phase and her character was less annoying to me this time around so you know I, I yeah <laughs> all right guys we're about to get into theories and stuff so if that's not your jam this is your chance to sign out yeah, and if it's not your jam do make sure to like us on iTunes I'm gonna say that again at, at the end but but you're, you're, you're leaving right now, so I, I got to get you now, you know? Got to get them early. Brian Ferber at Culture Content wrote, Just realized that Dolores was built by Bernard to replicate a woman he loved that William will eventually meet as the man in black and something will happen with the door because William is kind of in love with Arnold at that point and hashtag Westworld. Right. So he's basically saying that <laughs> William fell in love with resurrected Arnold uh, and it's all really complicated. I mean, maybe it, it it stands to reason, I think, more than that, that the woman that but it, we've always gone. We've always said that the woman that Dolores might be based on is is Bernard's wife. But we learned this episode that Dolores was made before his wife either left him for being mad at him because, quote, he's he always lives in the park, unquote, or left him during the time in which Charlie was dying and he wasn't attentive or something like, I don't know if he was or not. That was, that's just a guess, but yeah, she was definitely based on, I mean, Arnold made her, she was, it was based on his brain. So yeah. And the man in black is deeply in love with Arnold's brain. That has been, that has been clear. Corey L. Williams at Geometroid writes, I had a theory last season that there are no humans even alive anymore and that everyone is a host Combining that idea with the idea of powerful people being duplicated, maybe the Earth is still dying and the quote-unquote important people are being duplicated in order to live on and keep the memory of the human race alive. That theory may be beyond the scope of this season, but that's my theory, and I'm sticking to it. Hashtag Clementine for the next name. Yeah, and it's basically the future world plot, right? Where they are taking senators mm. and replacing them with with hosts, although, and I think it, it kind of ties into the question that we can cover now, which is, what is the weapon that everyone is heading towards right now? What do you think, James? Yeah, I wonder if it's actually a weapon in the sense that they think it is. Uh, the man in black thinks it's important enough that he needs to get there first, but I wonder if it's also, it's going to be like, like the maze was, and it's not going to be a weapon is that a, you hold in your meta- hand. Is this a st- it's- is a metaphor? If it's a metaphor, I'm going to kill everybody. <laughs> I'm going with metaphor at this point. The internet has multiple theories on on what the weapon is. From it's a 
data is a data center where they have all the blackmail for all the people who have ever been there and they can just use it all at once uh but the other one that i liked more than that was that it's a satellite dish that can access the mesh network for all the hosts that are currently in the world i'm not sure uh as per geo metroid that all of the people in the world are hosts right now but that would be interesting that would be really cool but it does stand to reason that if they are switching out people because again i I was going to say this earlier the man in black gets gets talked to in the first season by two people who were like hey your program saved my my sister and we assume the end of that sentence was going to be saved my sister's life but he gets cut off by the man in black going like this is my vacation shut the fu- shut the front door and so it is possible that and they also mentioned like cancer isn't a thing anymore the in this episode the man in black literally has a line that says death ain't the same that it used to be and i think it might be actually like true like what he's actually talking about is people don't really die anymore they get uploaded into hosts and i can take them all over from a giant satellite dish that i built 30 years ago they just don't know it lauren at very lovely lj writes, has no one realized the biblical allegories in hashtag Westworld? Dolores is showing Teddy knowledge just as Maeve is showing Hector. Eve has eaten from the tree of knowledge and has shared with naive Adam, right? Yeah, absolutely. And then I said, yeah, there was actually a Last Supper scene tonight. Like a literal Last Supper scene where Major Craddock was Jesus. But also, yeah, the the the, the how this all kind of mirrors our reality and more so than that like religion in our reality and how that compares to what religion has become in a world where people might be immortal slash robots now is all it's all it's super interesting and, and i like every time they bring it up so yeah just a reminder guys if you have anything to say about episode two episode three this season this podcast at all Shoot us uh, a tweet at Westworld Ryan. If you got something even longer to say, send us an email, thewestworldpodcast at gmail.com. We will talk about it on the show. We always do. We we certainly do. And one thing I, I, I will I want to pose to you one more question is that in this episode, James Delos coughs once, so we know he's gonna die, right? That's like the trope in in TV. If a main character coughs, they're gonna die. So my question is, is he saved? Does William save James Delos in a way where they upload him into a robot? What do you think? Because the internet thinks that he's uploaded into Peter Abernathy. Oh, that'd be interesting. Or no, unfortunately, he was the stable boy in season two, episode one. Oh, no, we didn't even know. (laughs) We didn't even know. And then that guy who just got totally stabbed by Dolores beat the ever-living crap out of him. This is a theory that's going around, not my theory, can't take credit. Uh, I first heard it from Preston Jacobs at his YouTube channel, and he's saying that all the dead hosts in the ocean at the end of the first episode of season two, that was Bernard did kill them, but he did it so that they could be rebuilt and reborn without the bombs in their spine, and that's how they're going to escape, which answers something that one of our listeners brought up last episode. And that valley is the same one that everyone is heading towards right now. So whatever was built there by William 30 years ago is now underwater, which seems suspicious. It seems like it was done purposely to maybe try to kill the weapon 
that was there with a bunch of water. I don't know why all the hosts were there, but that would be interesting if, if Bernie put them there and, and, and he knows why they're there. We didn't get any of the Bernie in the last two weeks in this episode. The Stubbs slash Elsie question is still out there. The is Bernie in, in a loop? Is Carl Strand putting him through a loop? Does Mailing know that he's a host kind of thing? We got none of that this episode. So, assumably, that will be a large part of next episode. Episode three is entitled Virtue e Fortuna, which is Italian for virtue and fortune. Oh, you can speak Italian? Yeah, I can speak Italian when I plug it into Google Translate. I went to Italy and I had to try to order food. And I tell you, I can't speak Italian. I learned that. So join us next week when we recap episode three. And if you want to, and if you feel like it, if you're so inclined, you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or follow us on SoundCloud or follow us on Twitter or shoot us an email at the Westworld Podcast at gmail.com. Help other people find the show. This is a fan podcast. We're doing it for you, and we're doing it for us, and we want to engage with all you fans. And we have a Facebook page now. We can go. You can go like us on Facebook at the Westworld Podcast. Yeah, leave us all your dank memes. Oh, I want all the memes. Every meme that you have, if you can, if you can just like Photoshop the man in black's head onto onto multiple people uh, in the real world. D- don't depress me. Don't depress me about yeah, it. Yeah, nobody's nobody's done a Westworld version of steamed hams yet, so that's that's ripe fruit for the picking. Yeah, that's obviously the next step everyone should take. I'm James and I'm Ryan and this is the Westworld podcast. Just from the first season, way more people were listening to Westworld podcast during the first season. That's a thing. Yeah, and I also thought the amount of Westworld podcasts would decrease, and instead they increased. Increased tenfold. That's why, I mean, we should definitely keep going with the Westworld podcast, but we may want to think about diversifying. Yeah, for sure. Because the whole world is doing, everyone and their mom is now doing a Westworld podcast. I just want to say, we had our announcement shit up before anyone else, because I googled all over it. And do you know how we know that? Because our our podcast is literally called the Westworld Podcast. Yes, but now there is Westworld the podcast. I know. It's oh coming my out God. for season it's two. So annoying. <laughs> so annoying. I like. I, they're I, dicks. Yeah, they're. They dicks. definitely wanted our title and then found us and we're like, oh, Shit. okay. Well, Dang we'll just, it. We'll just do it a different way. I might put. I might put that at the end. <laughs> that, <laughs> that might be the Easter egg at the end. <laughs>